All right, if you've got a Bible, grab it, open it, turn it on, follow along on screen in your outline. Use the Central Church app. If you don't have that, download that. You can follow along with all the messages um, on that. First Kings 18 is where we're going to be at today. Um, we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to be there super quick, so you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Um, I'm going to go to Isaiah 55, and then we're going to land the plane in First Kings 18. Uh, this is the last week of our series called A Simple Choice. Um, I'm not sure exactly where we're going um, next week because after today, we have two Sundays, and then it's Easter weekend, which seems absolutely crazy to me that it's already Easter. I feel like we just did the Christmas messages, just went through all of that, um, and now it's Easter. And so, um, again, please sign up to help with all of the different Easter things that are coming up, all our outreaches that we're doing. Um, but today... As we finish up this series, I want to show you something um, I read last week while I was in Arizona, Um, and it it really it really shifted where I was going with this message. Like a lot of the content is still exactly the same because it's a scripture, but but kind of the overall theme of where I was going kind of shifted a little bit. I got up one morning um, and and I read this in Isaiah. Ironically, um, it was the Thursday you were getting hammered with snow here. Remember that? It's like Thursday morning. Where's Mike? Is Mike in here? Mike's not in here. I was texting him and he's telling me like the school was still in session and is he up there? No, he's, he's not, he's not listening to me. He's, it's fine. I won't listen to him singing next time then. That's fine. Whatever. Don't tell him that. Um, and so I'm texting him like, you guys are still in school? And he's going back and forth. He's talking about how much snow it was and, and how bad it was. I was like, well, it's bright and sunny here. It's like 78 and it's 6 o'clock in the morning. It's awesome. Anyway, um, Isaiah 55 verse 10 says this, the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. Now, you don't even have to be a Bible person to agree with that, right? I mean, that's just true, yes or no. Rain falls from the sky, it waters the field, crops grow, yes or no? Yeah, come on, wake up, play along, yes or no? Yes, there we go. So the rain falls to the ground, waters the seed, seeds grow. That's agricultural. That's how it works. That's why everything is brown in Arizona. It doesn't rain a lot, but it's really hot and warm there. It's awesome. But then God takes this to another level. And so I'm reading this, and and something just, let me read it to you, and then I'll show you. Verse 11, it's the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. Say always. It always produces fruit. I was reading that, and that phrase, always produces fruit, that jumped out at me. And I was like, um, really? Because I don't know about you, but I've been to church before, and I didn't get anything out of it. I know that doesn't happen to you here at this church, but other churches I've heard. (laughs) Anyway, never mind. That's not funny. I've opened my Bible before, and I've read for a while, and I closed it, and I'm like, what, what did I just read? Did that ever happen to anybody? Like, I didn't get anything out of it. And so, God, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, like, that that's true. I mean, God, I, I believe in your word. I believe everything's true. I, I mean, I, I got it right there, but, like, you send it out, and it always produces fruit. You're saying it rains? And it always produces fruit. Like, God, your word is like rain that falls and always produces fruit. God, I don't see that. 
God, I don't feel that. God, I'm not experiencing that. God, that's not the walk that I'm on. And then I felt like he told me, he said, hey, Ryan, the reason that rain don't blow in your life is because too often you got your umbrella out. See, when you open the word with your umbrella out, you're not going to receive the rain that he's pouring down on you. When we listen to a sermon or we listen to a message with our umbrella out, we're not going to receive what he's raining down on us. Because listen, God is always speaking. God is always moving. He's the same today, yesterday, to ever. We've talked about that in this series. We sang about it just now. It was the last song that we sang. He is the same God. His grace is going to fall. And look, look what it says. Look what it says. It will accomplish all I want it to do. Not me. Not what you want it to do. What he wants it to do. It will accomplish everything he wants it to do. And do you know that God wants to do something in you? Something that would absolutely blow your mind? We, we talked about this entire series, how God wants to do things in you and through you. How he wants to accomplish something in you. How he wants to accomplish something through you. Everybody in this room, that's true. Everybody that watches this online, that's true. He wants to do something in you and through you. And watch what he says next. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. And so if it's going to prosper and it's in me, that's a good thing. That means what God rains down on me, what gets inside of me, he's going to allow it to produce out. And it, it's going to prosper out. It's going to be beneficial. God wants to prosper his word in you and through you. But it's difficult to get it when you're trying to block it, when I'm trying to block it, when he's trying to rain down his grace into our lives. How's that going to work? How's it going to work if we're running around with our umbrellas? And that's where we're going to pick up the story in Elijah. As I said earlier, we're going to finish out this series today. And as we dive in, I want to do a quick review of where we've been over the past several weeks. We started out weeks ago talking about a man named Ahab. He was the king. He was married to a girl named Jezebel. They, they were ruling in Israel. They were very, 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 very bad, wicked people. Elijah tells Ahab, hey, God is going to try to get the nation of Israel's attention. And the way he's going to get it, he's going to shut down your economy. And the way he's going to do that is he's not going to let anything grow. Matter of fact, he, he's not going to let it rain until I say it's going to rain. And then it doesn't rain for a long time. How, how long doesn't it rain? Anybody remember? Three and a half years. For three and a half years, there's a drought. It's bad. Things are falling apart, like people are dying. It is horrible. Now, Ahab blames Elijah for it. And he decides he's going to have Elijah killed. And so he puts out a hit on him. He takes, hires bounty hunters to go after him. He, he mocks him. He falsely accuses him. I mean, Ahab is coming in hot after Elijah. So then God finally tells Elijah, hey, go find Ahab. Because remember, um, Elijah was hiding. Remember, he had gone to the brook to hide. That's where God told him to go. And then God told him to go to the widow. And he goes to the widow. And the widow's son dies. And he brings him back to life. And it's really cool. And it's really awesome. But then he says, hey, get out from hiding and go find Ahab. And go, go, you're going to have a face. You're going you're gonna to have a showdown. So that's what happens. Like, Elijah goes to Ahab. They face each other. Elijah says, let's have a showdown. It was the prophets of, of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. 
uh, versus Elijah. And so it's like 850 people against one person. And Elijah says, we're going to call down fire. Whichever God can call down fire and light up the altar, he is God. That's what we're going to do. And everyone was like, cool, because Baal held the lightning bolt. And if any God can light up an altar, burn up the wood, it's going to be the God who's holding the lightning bolt, right? Well, he can't do anything. He does, doesn't happen. And we saw two weeks ago that when fire from heaven fell, it didn't fall when the prophets of Baal called for fire, but when Elijah called for fire. And I ended two weeks ago with asking you this question. If the land had been in a drought for three and a half years, what's the last thing you want falling from the sky hitting the ground? Fire, right? You don't need fire. You need, you need rain. And so again, that's where we're going to pick up the story. And the question I really want you to answer today before we get into the rain falling is, do I really want the rain to fall on me? Do I really want God's rain to fall on me? Do, do I want to receive the word that the Lord has for me? Do I want to receive the Lord, the word the Lord has for me by allowing his rain to fall on me? Like, that, that's personal. Like, I, that, this question is for you. Every message in this series, we've asked a personal question. Questions for you. Questions you have to answer for you. Not, not for your spouse. Not that your spouse can answer for you. Not for your parents. Not for your kids. Not so anybody can answer for you. You. I mean, do you really want to receive God's word? Do you want God's word to rain down on you? All right, here we go. Verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, now hold up. If you were Elijah, would you have something smart-alecky to say to Ahab right here? I would. I mean, this is a guy, like, he made Elijah's life miserable. He had, to, he had Ahab hunted down. Ahab is the guy that falsely accused him. Ahab is his enemy. Ahab had made life miserable for him. Hey, you got to go say something to Ahab. Oh, yeah, I got something for Ahab, baby. If you were Elijah, would you have been tempted to go off on Ahab, yes or no? Yes. We all, most all of us would have been tempted. In fact, every one of us has probably done that before. Somebody has hurt us. Somebody has wounded us deeply. And we've gone off on them. If we haven't done it like for real, we've at least had that conversation in our mind. Have we not? Like, has there ever been somebody you've gone after in your mind and you're like letting them have it? You're like, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and then this happened. And you've got people all around you going, yes, get them, get them. Because you always win in your mind, right? You don't ever lose in your mind. If you lose in your mind, we probably have to have another message. But, but we've, all, we've all been there, right? And so if I'm Elijah... I mean, man, if as your pastor I could be honest with you, if I had just called called down fire on an altar, I think I might be tempted to call down fire on Ahab because he has made me miserable. He is my enemy. There ever been anybody in your life that if you could have called down fire at least one time, you would have done it? Say yes, tell the truth, you're in church. Shame the devil right here, all right? Happened to me the other night. Man, could have called down fire on my dog. That Titus, I'm telling you, man. Those of you who don't know, Titus is my stupid coon hound. A coon hound. How many of you ever have a coon hound? They're supposed to be smart, right? Chase coons, put them up in trees, do all kinds of stuff like that. Uh-uh. No. Titus is an idiot. And by the way, you cannot put 
Coon Rapids, this isn't even part of the message, Coon Rapids or Coon Hound on Facebook or you get a 48-hour ban. How do you know? I got banned twice in the past month for both of those things. So anyway, that, that's the kind of grief Titus brings me. But anyway, like he did something, and I got to get into it because it's just one of a thousand somethings. But you can just like be having just a great time. Everything is fine. And then he comes in, and he just does his stupid thing, and then he puts his head sideways, his big old floppy ears are flopping down, and he's just like, <laughs> and you're like, Ah, like you get angry in a moment, right? Everybody, anybody ever been there? Like everything's fine, all of a sudden you're angry. Side note, that's what I see happening a lot in church culture. You, you ever noticed that, that church people are really angry at the world? Have you seen it, anyone? Some of the meanest, most cruel people on social media claim to be Christians. And Jesus said they'll know us by our what? By our love, in case you didn't know the answer to that. Our love, not your social media posts. Anyway, we'll talk more about that maybe um, one day. So anyway, if I'm Elijah, if I got something to say to Ahab, I'm going off. Which is why this next part blows me away. Then Elijah said to Ahab, get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. See, I didn't expect that. I didn't. I, I, I expected him, if he had the opportunity to go off, but he doesn't. Instead of going off, he speaks a word of encouragement. Hey, Ahab, buddy. Hey, man. Um, I know we got our problems. I know we've had our issues, but hey, you need to get ready for rain. Now, let me ask you this question. Did Ahab deserve the rain, yes or no? No. 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 He was anti-God. He was anti the God of Israel. He was anti-Elijah. He was anti-everything. He did not deserve the rain. And and listen, don't miss this. The rain is symbolic of God's grace falling in our lives. None of us deserve it. See, that's what's beautiful about this story. Think about this. Elijah and Ahab both lived in Israel. Elijah and Ahab both at the same place, the same location at the same time. Elijah... And Ahab had both gone through the same three and a half year drought. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. They both needed the same amount of rain to sustain their life. All of us. Every single one of us needs the same amount of grace to save us. I don't care if you're born in a Christian home. I don't care if you're as pagan as pagan can be. Every single one of us needs the same amount of grace of God to save us. And so instead of speaking fire over Ahab, Elijah told him, hey, rain's coming. Ahab, hey man, you're about to receive the grace from God. This is why it's called amazing grace. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me that people who are far from God really do matter to God. Did you know that? People who are far from God really do matter to God. Ahab mattered to God. Think about that. Ahab mattered to God. As much evil and wicked stuff as he had done, dude still mattered to God. Just so you know, people who are far from God not only matter to God, but they will always, 
always, always matter to this church. The, the reason I say that is because every so often I have people in the community say things like, hey, did you know so-and-so comes to your church? Yeah. Do, do you know what they do? do? Do you know where they were on Saturday night? Hold up. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not their freaking hall monitor. I don't care where they were on Saturday night. Here's what I know. I know they're here on a Sunday morning and they're in a position where they can receive a word from God. Because here's the deal. I'm not the one who's supposed to convict people. God convicts people. If I, if Pastor Ryan convicts people, you'll turn back. But when God speaks a word in your life and gets it planted in your heart, that's when change happens. I'm not trying to change anybody. I'm trying to get change just like everybody else is trying to get change. And we get change when we're willing to receive the word of God. And if the rain can fall on Ahab's life, then the rain can fall on any of our lives. Amen? People who are far from God really do matter to God. We see it in Ahab. And then verse 42, so Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. I was going to demonstrate this to you, but I missed my hot yoga class for the past 47 years, so I ain't going to do No, I haven't even actually tried it, so don't ask. <laughs> I haven't. This is insane. Think about this for a second. When Elijah calls down fire, this is so cool. When Elijah calls down fire, remember I told you um, a couple weeks ago, he prayed a prayer that lasted like 18 to 20 seconds, l- less than a minute, right? And he prayed out loud, and everybody saw it, and then bam, fire came. But now he wants rain. And when he prays for rain, we see him take a posture of desperation. That's what's happening right here. His, his head bowed low, his face to the ground between his knees. He's desperate for rain. And we know he's desperate for rain because it hasn't fallen for how long? Three and a half years. If there's no rain for three and a half years, you're desperate for rain, yes or no? Yeah, the land is dry. It's, it, it's, it's rough. It's a difficult time. And he places himself in a place of desperation. And then he says this, then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times, Elijah told him to go and look. Can you see this playing out? I like to play these stories out in my mind when I read the Bible. Let's say the servant's name is Frank. We we don't know his name, all right? So we would call him Frank the servant. Elijah's just praying. He's got his head between his knees. and, And Frank's like, man... He's really praying hard this time. Like he's, he's really getting into it. Like he's really serious about this rain. Like he's really crying out. I'm just going to stand here. Like I don't got nothing else to do. It's kind of fun just to kind of watch him go at it. Elijah looks at Frank and says, hey, Frank, go see if the clouds are coming in. Frank says, I got you, boss. I'll go do that. I'll be right back. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to look, see if there's clouds because you're praying, and I'm sure they're coming because you prayed and fire came, and so I'm sure there are going to be clouds. I'm just going to go over here, and he goes over to the seaside of Mount Carmel. He looks out. Remember I told you you could see the Mediterranean Sea from the top of Mount Carmel? He looks out. He's like, hmm, nothing. Goes back to Elijah and goes, hey, man, um, I know you're doing that prayer thing, but uh, it's, uh, it's not working. N- nothing's coming. And Elijah says, go back again. 
okay. I mean, it's possible maybe like I might have missed it. Like, I, I'll go look again. Elijah, you just stay right here. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, hey, don't move. I'll be right back. He goes to the top, looks, nothing. Pulls out his phone, opens up the Weather Channel app, looks at the radar, zooms it way out, nothing. Goes back to Elijah. Elijah, um, I don't know what's happening, buddy, but nothing. Absolutely nothing. Go again. All right. Goes back out on the way. I don't know if you've ever been frustrated with something. You've been told to do something over and over and over again, and you don't see the thing the other person says that you're supposed to see, and he's out there, I hate this job. Can't stand it. Gosh, I'm leaving. I'm quitting. I'm going to go be a greeter at Walmart, man. At least then I can see the carts out in the parking lot that I got to go get. Had rained three years. Elijah got me out here looking stupid, walking up here, looking out again. I'll look out again. There's still nothing. Nothing. Just like I told him, absolutely nothing. He goes back, Elijah. Hey, man, nothing there. Go again. Seven times. Seven. Can you imagine the seventh time up? Can you imagine it? Do you think Frank expected to see something the seventh time up, yes or no? No. See, we always assume these people are filled with such great faith. Yes, Elijah, I will go a seventh time because I know seven is the number of completion in the Bible, and this will be the time. No! On the seventh time up? I'm ticked off. He going, I'm being up here seven freaking times. There's nothing. This is stupid. You just called on fire. Now you can't call down the rain thing. Why can't you make that happen? You can make fire, but you can't make it rain. What's the problem here, Elijah? What's going on? Seven times Elijah told him to go to look, and he's exhausted. That has to be exhausting, right? But verse 44, finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand raising from the sea. Seven times. Can you imagine that? You're walking up there, going towards the top. You get up there. I can't believe I'm going to do this. is so stupid. I just got <gasps> Dang. What is that? It, it, it isn't much, but it's more than we've got. It's not a lot, but it's more than we've had in a long time. It's not a lot. But there's hope on the horizon. And all of a sudden, the servant gets a little bit of hope, and he runs back, and he tells Elijah. At the end of the day, did you know just a little bit of hope can go a really long way? It's my heart that this church, we're known as a place where people can find some hope in a world that's telling you that everything is hopeless. Listen, I think the church should be the most hopeful place in the world. My God, the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. Jesus is with us. We should, we should have more hope than anybody else on the planet, yes or no? Yeah, I believe that with all of my heart. Got to have hope. So he finds a little hope. We all know what it's like to lose hope, right? I know what it's like to lose hope. I remember, I'll spare you the details of the story because I've told it a bunch of times before. But I remember nearly drowning one time on a white water kayak trip. Um, the, the kayak got flipped over. I got sucked under. I was going down. It was, it was horrible. Everything went dark. I thought I was going to die. Somehow, I made it back up to the surface. And when my head popped above water, I'll never forget this. When my head popped above water, and that was like, <gasps> I, I took that breath. I, that's what hope is like. You feel like you're drowning, but then you get to the top. And, and man, it was, it was nothing but a cloud, but it's more than you had. Let me, let me share with you something God taught me um, about a year ago, a little less. And I've been working really hard on this. A lot of people in this room 
you got turned off from church because the church or, or somebody in the church who claimed to be a Christian brought only fire into your life. And so about a year ago, maybe a little less again, I'm, I had this thought, what's the difference? What, what's the difference? Like, what's the lesson in this text for, for me? Like, if I'm reading this and, and I'm like, God, hey, what are, what are Pastor Ryan's next steps? What's, what's the difference between the whole fire and rain thing? Like, like, what is it really? And then it hit me. All Elijah had to do to call down fire was pray a prayer that took less than a minute. But to bring rain, don't miss this, to bring the rain, he had to work seven times harder. And, and, and this, this is what I really took away. As a pastor, I'm always tempted to bring the fire every Sunday. And, and then that's easy. For me, that's, that's easy. I don't, I don't have to work very hard on that. But oftentimes, when people show up, they don't need fire. They need what? They need rain. And so I've been exhausting myself over the past several months with the thought of what could be? What could be if we were just open to receiving the word of God in our life if the rain fell? Let me promise you something. For those of you who haven't been here for very long and for those of you who have been here for a long time, um, we're never going to be the perfect church. We're not. Uh, we're, we're not. We'll never be the perfect church because I'm your pastor, all right? So we're never going to be the perfect church. Can't make that promise. But I can promise you every single week we're going to do the best we can to provide an environment where you, you're not just receiving fire, you're receiving rain. Now, let me clarify the rain sometimes could be conviction. We talked about condemnation and conviction a few weeks ago. Con, um, condemnation is meant to shame us. Conviction is meant to change us and point us in a new direction. That is rain. It, it, it's a good thing when God convicts us because he cares enough about us to tell us when we're doing something wrong. And he wants to show us how to do it right. But for those of you who are scared that there's going to be a Sunday where I just bring the fire... My hope and my prayer is that we will always be known as a church for bringing the rain. That we'll be known as a church that brings the rain. Because see, he sees this cloud, he gets excited. Sees this cloud the size of a man's hand raising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him. Because Ahab didn't believe the rain was going to come. And, and can you blame him? Can you blame him? He hadn't read 1 Kings 18 yet. He didn't know. Rain's coming. Ahab, rain's coming. All right, Whatever. He goes, probably procrastinates a little bit, and Elijah's telling him, you better hurry. You better hurry. You got to do this now. You better get inside. Rain's coming. You got to get on this. You got to do this right now. Isn't that like us? Sometimes God speaks something to us. Sometimes God will rain down his word on us, and we wait. We procrastinate. See, some of you want to say, say that you want to change, right? I, I know people that say that. I, I want to change. But do we? Or are we like Ahab? Oh, yeah, I want to see the rain coming. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I've had people tell me, I want to change. Ryan, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. Listen, change comes when you stop saying it, and you're just like, okay, God, whatever. Whatever you want, I'll receive it. God, whatever you want, I will receive God, here's my hands. Here's my life. Whatever you want, I'll receive it. 
Elijah said to Ahab, you need to quit playing around. Rain's coming. Rain is coming, and you need to get ready. That's what he told Ahab. Climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. And then the rain came. Now, think about this. All the people that were on Mount Carmel saw the fire fall. And when the fire fell, they fell on their faces and they worshiped God, right? Because they knew God was the one true God. But when the rain fell, what do you think they did? Uh, let me ask you th- th- with a question. This, this church, you can be honest. How many of you can dance? Raise your hand. How many of you can dance? Like you can dance. You can dance if you want to. Leave your friends behind. And if you can't dance, and this is like nobody in this church can dance. White people. Um, come on, man. All right, well, let me ask you this. Do you think the people on the mountain that day, when the rain started falling, do you think they got out their umbrella, or do you think they danced? What do you think they did? They danced. They celebrated. When it hadn't rained in three and a half years, now it's raining, you're not complaining, you're dancing, yes or no? Yeah, you're rejoicing because you're you're experiencing something you haven't experienced in a long, long time. I'm saying that. Because I want Central to be a place where we dance. I want this to be a place that when God's rain is falling, and I'm talking not just on our church, but in our hearts, and bringing about a harvest that only he could bring about. I want this to be a place where we can dance and celebrate. Because I think that's what's going on in the passage. They're celebrating the rain falling. Now, let me set this last section up like this. Many of you know, <laughs> a couple months back, um, our, our van got hit by a school bus. The insurance company told us to go get a rental car. So I drove to Fort Dodge where the rental car place was. I was supposed to get a compact SUV. I was prepared to get a contact, compact SUV. It's wintertime. That's what I need. Kind of like replaces the van. Like, it's cool. No big deal. Compact SUV. When I get there, I walk in. The agent looks at me and says, we just got this convertible Mustang in. Do you want it instead? Is the Pope Catholic? (laughs) So I took the Mustang. I've been having a lot of fun in that Mustang. I've only been pulled over twice in that Mustang. I got no tickets yet. I didn't ask for it, but I got it. Don't, Don't miss that. I didn't ask for it, but I got it. I didn't ask for the Mustang. But I got the Mustang. Didn't ask for it, but I got it. Some of you are saying, what in the world does that have to do with the Bible? Well, it's very simple. When you receive what God has for you, he'll start giving you things you didn't even ask for. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Watch this, verse 46. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. Did he ask for special strength? No, but he got it. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Isn't that crazy? Can you imagine Ahab, you're in your chariot just driving along. All of a sudden, you look in the rearview mirror. What the? Elijah's like Forrest Gump running. I'm coming, Ahab. Again, did he ask for the special strength? Yes or no? No. But he got it. He, he got it. He got things he didn't even ask for. 
See, when we say yes to God on a consistent basis, he'll give you hope you didn't ask for. When you say yes to God on a consistent basis, he'll give you peace you didn't ask for. He'll give you joy you didn't ask for. He will blow your mind. Some of you today, you just need to start looking for the cloud the size of a man's hand starting to expand out over the sea. And so with all that in mind, let me come back to the question we started with. Do you really want the word of God to rain down on your life? And do you really want to receive the word that God has for you? Listen, it's not fire. It's rain. And don't count yourself out because if God can rain on Ahab, God can rain on every one of us. Would you be willing to posture yourself in a position of surrender and say, God, if you have a word for me, and he does, all right, he, he, he really does. God, if you have a word for me, I want to receive it. Send your rain. And then close your umbrella and receive what God has for you and watch him do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. This is a choice. It's a simple choice. It's yours. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that your word is living and active. Thank you so much for every person in this room. God, we, we pray for your rain to fall. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I, I'm, I'm just wondering this morning, church, if you'd be willing to say, God, if you have a word for me, I want to receive it. God, I want to receive your word in my heart. I want to receive your word in my mind. Because your word does not return empty. It always produces something. And so, Father, right now, I want to pray, God, I want to receive what it is you have for me. Jesus, Jesus, again, thank you so much. Your word is living and active. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You've never prayed to receive Jesus into your life. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you, you've, ne- you've never really recognized the need for a savior in your life, for somebody to actually save you from your sin, to save you from yourself. If that's you, I'd, I'd invite you to ask Jesus to come into your life right where you sit. You can just pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. Today, I tell you I'm sorry for my sin and I ask your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you did that to pay for my sin. So right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. All of me for all of you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. Heads bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed to pray that prayer, please let us know. During this song, Mike will lead us in. There'll be people in the back corners of the sanctuary that would love to talk to you about that decision, celebrate that with you, help you take your next steps. Tell somebody at the welcome desk, come and tell me afterwards. But let us know. Let us know, because that's the greatest thing you could ever do, is cross over from death to life, and we do want to celebrate that. God, I pray as we walk out of this place that we would receive the word and we would walk accordance to what you've spoken to us. I pray we'd walk out of here knowing, God, that not only do you want to do that in us, but you want to do more. I pray we can walk out of this room with 
more hope than we thought we could have, more joy than we thought we could have, more peace than we thought we could have, and more love towards others than we ever thought we could have. Knowing, God, that you are a God who has greater plans for our lives, greater plans for this church. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate who you are. We ask you to move in ways only you can during this next several moments in the hearts of your people through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.